Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. This is our Torino preview episode, and it is brought to you by Betstamp the world's first verified buy-sell marketplace for sports betting picks. I'm joined by a guest to help me with this preview. He is a reporter and journalist for the Torino website in Italian, toronews.net. Diego Fornero, welcome to Forza Napoli. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, Hello to everyone. Uh, Thanks for the invitation. I'm really happy to join you. So, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on. So. We are going to talk about Torino's summer. We'll talk a little bit about the start of the season. And of course, we'll preview the match against Napoli on Saturday. But first, I have to ask you, with the name Diego, how are you a Torino journalist and not a Napoli journalist? (laughs) Uh, I must admit that I was born in uh, 1985, so a little before of the Maradona mania in Napoli. And so... (laughs) I must admit that my parents didn't even know who Maradona was. <laughs> and so it's uh, just uh, totally something random. It's not a, <laughs> a tribute to Maradona, I can say. And also because I must admit that my family wasn't really linked to Naples and to football in general. So <laughs> it's just something random. But it's funny. I must admit that all my friends from Naples because I know a lot of people from Naples, they really like my name. Yeah, of <laughs> so, course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I met a lot of people called Diego, younger than me in Naples, and they still have, uh, I must admit, it's obviously the place in Italy in which you can find more Diego. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, that's okay. 
you'll always have a special place in in napoli fans hearts just because of your name so that's always good if you ever go when you yeah. go to napoli yeah i must admit that i i love naples as a city i have a lot of friends there and even if okay when we talk about football we can say that it's not a rivalry because they are not really linked to each other they are different clubs they don't, they are not really rival you can say yeah. But personally, I really like Naples and I like the passion they have for the club. And I really like the fact that they are really, really linked to their home club. And it's not something so easy in Italy because, you know, the most supported team in Italy is uh, Juventus. That, uh, it's not really a link to a place or to a city. We can say that it's a sort of Italian club. In Naples, you really feel what does it mean to have a passion for the club in the city. It's something like uh, what happens in in UK, for example, and yeah. it's not so common in Italy. It's something that happens, for example, in Naples, that happens uh, in Turin, if we, if we can say about the Torino fan. It happens in, uh, in Genova, in Florence, but it's not so common uh, somewhere else. So it's, uh, it's cool. I like it. Yeah, and well, we all know who the, the real club of Torino is, and it's... Uh, it's not the one in black and white stripes. And I guess you can say, you know, an enemy of it, of your enemy is your friend. So in that sense, you know, we both have the same enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a sort of. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Torino's summer. Before we get yeah. to the changes in the squad, of which there were many, I have to ask you about the incident between Torino's coach, Ivan Juric, and Torino's uh, technical director, Davide Vagnati. Most people probably saw the video go viral on social media, but can you take a minute to explain what exactly happened there? Yeah, uh, what happened, it's, uh, we can say that everyone knows what happens because it was pretty clear. There aren't, uh, we can say, aspects of the fact that are not known by the people because uh, you can see really, really what happened. So it was obviously a big clash between uh, Vagnati and, uh, and Juric. Obviously, they were clashing about the transfer market because uh, Juric was uh, absolutely not satisfied about what happened with the team. And Vagnati probably was doing his best to do at least uh, <laughs> a great transfer session. And so obviously, we can say that uh, nor Juric and nor Vagnati have we can say the money to spend. So probably, and that's the reason why uh, during the clash, uh, Vagnati told Juric uh, uh, that the big problem probably was the president. So we can say so, something like that. Okay, if you want to uh, translate what happened, and obviously it's something that can happen in a really passionate uh, work environment. We can say that I bet that probably. Each of us, uh, maybe one day in his uh, everyday job, uh, uh, did something similar. It's something that can happen. Obviously, the strange fact was that this uh, happened in front of the camera. It was filmed. Uh, it was shared on social media. And everyone knew that. And, okay, that wasn't a good news for Torino because, obviously, you can imagine that that was uh, something positive for the we can say <laughs> for the mood of the team, but yeah, it happened two months ago, probably, and now it's uh, part of the past. Something that happened, uh, and we still don't have, we can say, problems or dramas about that. It's something that uh, <laughs> was part of our summer, we can say so. Yeah, and I read a interview, I guess, with Vagnati after that 
that incident and he basically said look we it happened same thing it happens we we hugged at the end of it and and we're all stronger now now that incident was in late july and of course that was before some of the the bigger signings right like at that point we knew that belotti was going to move on at the end of his contract he ended up at roma a week before bremer was sold to juventus but he was expected to leave as well he was linked to inter for a while and I, I think Thomas Rincon had signed with Sampdoria on a Bosman, though you could say his replacement was already signed at Torino at that point with Samuel Ricci. He was one of a couple of players who were on loan at Torino, and then the club redeemed them. Pellegri and Berisha were redeemed as well. But otherwise, Torino hadn't done much before that fight, other than those redemptions, I think. You signed Emirhan Ilkan from Besiktas and Nemanja Radonjic from Marseille, and they're both good players, but they're midfielders, so they're not replacing guys like Bremer and Velotti. They're replacing guys like Pobega and Dennis Pryat. So I can see why Juric was frustrated. But like I said, Torino did make some important signings after that incident. Do you think Vagnati redeemed himself with the players that were purchased in August? Yeah, we can say so. Obviously, the budget wasn't uh, unlimited, and so he probably had big restraint uh, in terms of budget, uh, and so Torino wasn't expected to spend less than what uh, it got from, for example, for the sale of Bremer. And so, in my opinion, Scurs was a great replacement for Bremer. Okay, so it was one of the best names, one of the best things you, you could do with that money in that moment. And so it was a great choice, in my opinion. And uh, we can say that probably Torino is uh, a big hole, a big lack in the forward sector. And so we are really missing a striker. So the only one that wasn't replaced at all was probably Velotti. And in a sort of, we can say that also Pobega wasn't really replaced. So if we talk about defenders, uh, I think that we are okay because... uh, we have interesting players. Scores uh, is an interesting player. It is a good replacement considering the age, considering the fact that uh, uh, it's in its first adventure in Italy. It's a good replacement. We lack something uh, in the midfield because we need uh, the one that you always uh, defines as the muscular one. We need, we need muscles in the midfield and no one has muscles that Pobega uh, used to have. And this is something that we are missing. And we miss absolutely a striker because Belotti wasn't uh, simply a striker like uh, anyone else. It was a great striker, at least in the best way of the Torino. Probably this is something that we are really missing. If you consider what Torino did in the first matches of the year, probably the, the worst factor is uh, the we have big difficulties going to strike. And this obviously when you when you play football, uh, this is not something uh, not important. It's something really, really important that we are missing it. But by the way, we can say that the transfer market was, uh, if we need to give, uh, uh, for example, a uh, votation would be enough. Uh, in Italy, we, we, we have a score from 1 to 10. We can say that we are, for example, on a 6. <laughs> we can say something like this, not more than 6. Yeah, I mean, Belotti not just on the field, but off the field, is so difficult to replace for Torino. Torino did sign Nikola Vlasic on loan from West Ham. Yeah, I mean, he's he scored a couple goals, but as you've alluded to, the attack has been struggling. Only, I think, six goals 
in the the first seven matches of the season. He scored half of them himself, but there's not too many goals coming from other players. You did loan Alexi Maranchuk from Atalanta. Unfortunately, he picked up an injury in the first match of the season and he hasn't really played a whole lot. So he should help when he returns, at least uh, in the attack. Now, Torino started the season still pretty well. Three wins, one draw, and one defeat. With the incident between Juric and Vagnati and with all of the changes in the squad, were you surprised that Torino had such a strong start? Not really surprised. Obviously, I must admit that I'm quite satisfied about what happened. I'm not really surprised, but uh, obviously, it's not something so easy to do. And so, this is for sure a great news, even if now we have very difficult matches ahead of us. And the one we are talking about, so the next one versus Napoli, will be without doubt one of the most difficult ones because I, I must admit that now Napoli is probably playing the better for the Italy, the best one. And so <laughs> it would be difficult, we can say, this, uh, this score. Obviously, if everything stays like this, uh, we can be satisfied for sure. It's a little tricky to look at that opening stretch because, I mean, all three wins were against newly promoted clubs, but Cremonese and Lecce have shown that they can be difficult opponents. Lecce are one of the two teams that have taken points away from Napoli. The only loss in those first five rounds was against Atalanta, who have had a really strong start to the season, so that's understandable. And then a draw against Lazio is is a respectable result as well. Torino have lost their last two matches. Both were 1-0 losses, first to Inter and then to Sassuolo. And both times Torino's opponents scored very late in the match. Marcelo Brozovic scored in the 89th minute for Inter and Augustin Alvarez scored for Sassuolo in the 93rd minute. Surely Torino deserved a few points from those matches. Yeah, this is something that always happens. Uh, we can say that in the last years, uh, after the minute 89 uh, is the best moment to score a goal versus Torino so because <laughs> everyone scored in that moment uh, is not obviously a good news but it's quite common sadly also Juric today in press conference uh, said that uh, versus Sassuolo we probably didn't lose and yeah it, it was quite right because uh, probably Torino didn't deserve to lose it was uh, probably a match uh, that should end in a draw but obviously, you know, football is like that. Someone scores. Uh, sometimes it's enough just to lose the attention for a few seconds. And obviously you are punished. And in that case, Torino were absolutely punished by just an episode, we can say. By the way, obviously, if you look at the, at the final uh, score, probably the, the loss versus Sassuolo was a bad loss. It, it wasn't something great. Probably these were at least a point that should be deserved. And so we can say that uh, obviously versus Inter is quite okay to lose, even if this Inter is not the best Inter ever. Versus Sassuolo, probably we should have done something more. Yeah, and even in the Inter match, I thought Torino created some pretty decent chances and just weren't able to finish. And then, of course, Inter snatched the win at the end there. It's funny because even Luciano Spalletti in his pre-match conference kind of touched on this. Uh, He was sort of referring to the starting lineups and he basically said, you know, regardless of who starts, this match could be won in the final half hour. So those guys who don't start still need to come off the bench and, and do something important for Napoli. So this is Ivan Juric's second season now at Torino. 
we all know what a fantastic coach he is. For the listeners who don't get to watch Torino as much, can you tell us a little bit about Torino's style of play under Juric? Now Torino has a really, really aggressive style of playing. And we can say that probably when everything works, is one of the best teams to really watch in Serie A. But uh, we also have a side effect that can be the fact that sometimes we risk a lot. We take big risks. And for example, today in press conference, Juric uh, uh, told the same about Napoli. He told that uh, this Napoli, more than before, is a team that risks a lot. And okay, this is something that happens also for Torino. And we can say that obviously when you always search for the pressing, when you, you always uh, try to uh, be aggressive uh, with the other team, uh, sometimes you risk. And sometimes we also have, uh, we can say, defenders that are not so truly focused. And, and that's the reason why in the last uh, minutes of the match, when players are more tired, when probably a sense of relax has taken them, they risk a lot and they often uh, get the goal. And so we can say that uh, this is a great team to watch, but just in the, in the right days. <laughs> there are days in which uh, you really, I don't know what happens, but probably there is something that uh, can't uh, unlock the players. For example, in the last years, uh, we used to play not a good football, for example, in the home matches. And now this is better than before. But in a way, the Torino was always great. So, uh, what can I say? I can say that uh, probably we need uh, a better, as I just told you before, uh, we need uh, someone that can help him to really score at the end of the action. Because we have a lot of action, we have, we have a lot of chances. Because Torino plays a lot with the wings. For example, the wings are really, really involved in the match. But uh, the, the balls sent by the, the, the wings can't find the striker. So we need to probably to be better that part of the, of the play. You were on the Italian football podcast back in February, and you talked about how in previous seasons, Torino's goal was basically to survive, while under Juric, Torino want to win games. They're not just playing for draws. I had uh, Rick Hoff on the show earlier in the season to preview the Hellas Verona match, and we talked about the different coaches Hellas Verona have had over the past three seasons and how Juric and Tudor and now Gabriele Trophy all have very different styles. On Juric, Rick said that even though Hellas Verona didn't concede many goals, they weren't a defensive team necessarily. Like you said, they're very aggressive, and they don't concede perhaps because they're very well organized. That seems to be the case at Torino as well. Only seven goals conceded so far this season, and three of them were in one match against Atalanta. Vanya Milinkovic-Savic already has three clean sheets in all competitions, but as you've alluded to, the issue is that is the finishing. Hellas Verona don't score a lot of goals. Only four teams have scored fewer goals than Torino this season so far, Sassuolo, and then the three teams at the bottom of the table. Nikola Vlasic, as I said, he's been okay in the attack, but the goals really aren't coming from anywhere else. Let's talk about the squads a little bit. Both of these teams had a lot of players away for international duty. Both teams have had a handful of players who are injured, but they're all slowly coming back to full fitness. What's the status on Torino's injured players? Today in press conference, Yuris uh, told us that uh, Ricci, who's not playing, is not back, he's still injured. 
while uh, he's coming back Mironchuk, and that's a good news because, uh, you know, Mironchuk had a really great start of the season, so this is uh, for sure good news for Torino. And we are not going to have Pellegrini. Pellegrini is injured. He got an injury uh, in the international duties, uh, the, the sub-21. And uh, obviously, the, this is something we are lacking. And, uh, and so probably he's still going to play with Sanabria uh, in the front. And uh, the midfield, uh, in my opinion, uh, probably... We will see something different. I mean, I don't know if Mirancic will start from the first minute. It could be because, uh, according to Juric Schwartz, it worked uh, really well in the last 15 days. One of the best players during the international matches was uh, Lukic. Lukic scored a great, great, great goal with Serbia. And so I hope that, uh, and this is, uh, we can say, another story. I hope that Lukic will come back to the good old uh, Lukic, the one before of the of the problem uh, he got with the team, uh, we can say, at the start of the of the season. And uh, I have big, big expectations uh, for him. Okay, and what about Karol Linetti? I saw he left the Poland match with an injury and he didn't play their second one. Do you think he's uh, fit to play? Uh, I'm not sure he's going to start. And so I'm not sure he's going to play. Yeah. I can remember if he uh, was one of the players that he installed after he was in Europe, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure of the fact that he's going to play for the first minute. But I must admit one thing, for example, I wasn't a big fan of uh, Carolinetti, but uh, I have to admit that uh, he started really well. Uh, even if he's a player, not we can say, not a stunning player, not, not the player you say, wow, Linetti is playing. Uh, but uh, he's doing really well. He's a really disciplined player uh, with a strong sense of the work. And so I like him. I can say that he's doing his best at least. Okay, so who do you think will be the starting 11? <laughs> this is a tricky question. <laughs> because yeah, especially <laughs> after the international break, it's even harder. But <laughs> what, your best <laughs> guess, let's say. No, it, it's a tricky question because, uh, you know, Juric... Uh, Tells a lot about the team, but mm, is not always, we can say, sure about uh, who will play. But we can use it as a, we can say, at least as a, um, yeah, let's play. And so we can say that, uh, in my opinion, I mean, obviously, the goalkeeper will be Daniel with Savic. Probably we will see playing uh, Scores, uh, Buongiorno and Rodriguez. Even if I'm not so sure about Rodriguez, but I think that the end he is going to play, even if he played a lot with this uh, team, with the Switzerland. And then we are probably are going to have uh, at the right wing uh, Singo, then Lukic uh, and probably Linetti. I don't know, but probably he's going to play uh, with uh, Lazzaro the, at the left wing because Boivoda is out. And then uh, probably Vlasic. Uh, I don't know if uh, Radonjic or Mirancuk, maybe Mirancuk, uh, Sanabria is the only striker. This could be the starting 11, but it's just my suggestion. <laughs> okay, yeah, so so that's a, a 3 4 1 2 then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the, the usual way of playing for Torino, but I think it, it won't change uh, this time. Okay. You know, Napoli are in a similar situation with respect to injuries. We have a few players who are, are close to recovering, but probably 
will start on the bench or may not even be in the squad. Guys like Diego Deme, Victor Osimen. I think for the most part, we'll have the usual squad with Meret in goal and a back line of uh, Di Lorenzo, Rachmani, Kim, and Mario Rui. Rachmani had a minor injury, but he played for Kosovo in the Nations League uh, against Cyprus. And if he can't play, then we'll probably see Leo Ostegard, who's a, a suitable backup. I think the midfield will be Lobotka and Gisan Zielinski. Maybe Tangi Ndombele gets a chance because he's had more time to prepare for this match. He wasn't called up for international duty, but I'm not expecting too much rotation for this match or for the next match against Ajax in the Champions League. I think Spalletti will probably do the rotations against Cremonese in the, the next round of Serie A. I think the real question marks for Napoli are in the attack. Kvaraschelia will start on the left wing, but the other two positions are a little bit uncertain. Osiman still hasn't completed a full group training session, so I don't think he'll be in the squad. At best, he'll be an option off the bench. I think Simeone will probably start at striker since he wasn't called up for the Argentina team and Raspadori was called up to Italy, and then Raspadori will probably start against Ajax. And then the right wing is a tricky one. Politano didn't play for Italy because he suffered an ankle injury against Milan, but his recovery has been pretty rapid. He's completed two full training sessions now. Meanwhile, Lozano did not play in Mexico's friendly against Colombia, and there were reports in Mexico that he might have picked up a minor muscle injury, so they rested him for precautionary reasons. But even if he's fit to play, he completed the full session on Friday as well. He only had one full training session ahead of this match, which means, you know, he's probably less prepared for this match. So I'm leaning towards Politano to start on the right wing. Diego, before I let you go, I won't ask you for a prediction necessarily, but do you think Torino can come to the Maradona and steal some points here? <laughs> it would be difficult because, as I just told you, Napoli is a huge team at the moment. Uh, the best team, the one is uh, playing better. Okay, maybe I'm not sure that it would be probably uh, an easy match uh, even for Napoli because uh, Torino will play its best match. He will try its best, but obviously the favorite one <laughs> is uh, is Napoli. And so we can say that uh, get a draw would be a great result for Toro. And so <laughs> let's see, let's see what will happen. I'm pretty sure of the fact that uh, probably the Urich side will play to win, uh, will not play to draw. Obviously, <laughs> it's not enough just to play to win, uh, to, to really affect the win, but it will be a great match, in my opinion. I think so, too. I'm very worried about this match, to be honest. Even though Napoli have a pretty good track record lately against Torino, I think this will be a very difficult match. It'll be a battle between two very tactical managers who've had a lot of time to prepare, However, many of the players have not had much time to prepare. Napoli have been better at home so far this season, but as I mentioned, we dropped points to Lecce, that was at the Maradona, so this could be a bit of a banana peel match, even with these teams taking chances. Given what I said about Torino struggling to score, I still think this will be a low-scoring match. I don't expect Torino to score more than one goal, so I think the total will come down to whether Napoli score more than one goal. A 1-0 win, 2-0 win, or 1-1 draw will all keep the total under 2.5. Using the Betstamp app, you can find the best odds in your region, which is the only way to get an edge in online sports betting. So for me in Toronto, I can get the under at plus 102 on Unibet. So I think there is a good play there. So that is where we'll leave it. Diego, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today.
Thank you. It was great. Really, thanks for the invitation. I really appreciated it. And uh, thank you. And uh, let's have a nice match together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can find Diego on Twitter at Diego Fornero. You can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fisket D5. And you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon at Fortsanapoli Pod. If you like the show, please give us a rating or a review on your favorite podcast platform. That always helps to spread the pod. You can also find more content at ForzaNapoliPress.com. If you're interested in taking a stab at writing, shoot me a DM and we can take a look at that. I will be back next week to review this match and to preview our third match in the group stage of the Champions League, which is against Ajax. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre. Sports Social Podcast Network.